Hey guys, Dottie Deuce here. And Lavender Lily. And tonight on Dame's Let's Talk Tuesday, we're going to be talking about some cool stuff. Um, we've got um, vintage clothing stores online. We've also got some weirdest things that were purchased online. Mm -hmm. um, really cool stuff on that tip. And we've also got a true crime story yes. that I've never heard, and I am I'm one of those people. So this is by popular demand. We uh -huh. have actually some people that have actually asked for this. So we're gonna we're gonna start listening to our fans um, a little bit more yes. and get get involved. So, anyways, let's get into it. Um, uh, I first wanted to start out with some of the cool things that Dottie's Dames Pinups is doing. Um, we've got on Saturday, August 22nd, we have our Dames for an Evening um, classic pinup mm -hmm. um, uh, event. <laughs> and I'll fix that. But anyways, and if I don't, whatever. Yeah. Um, event. And it is going to be um, in Ogden at Hub City Coffee. And that's on Grand Avenue, everybody, just so everybody knows. Yes. Also, it's um, you can register online at our website, dottiesdamespinups.org. You can also um, email us at dottiespinups at gmail.com. And um, it's 40 bucks, you guys. Like, I know that that seems a little steep for some of you ladies, but we're doing it CDC friendly so mm -hmm. that there's going to be no mishaps with the COVID. Yes. Also, we're going to be... Um, actually doing a raffle of the people that come um, for some cool swag. Um, we also have masks available, merchandise, tank tops, things like that mm -hmm. that we'll be giving away as well. So, and also an opportunity to get gift certificates for our Dames for an yeah. evening events. So, and this one is probably, I mean, it's more expensive than other ones we've done in the past, but other ones we've done in the past have had a lot more girls, so you're actually getting more one-on-one -on -one attention. Absolutely. Um, and a more personalized experience. Absolutely. And we'll also be having light refreshments. Yes. And just a great time. So um, spots are limited, so please, like I said, register online. It's dottiesamespinups.org, or you can email us at uh, dottiespinups at gmail.com. Um, also, we have our Halloween event that's coming up October, Saturday, October 17th. Um, if you have a car, if you have a bike, if you want to be in the ghouls, ghouls, ghouls pinup contest, yeah. because yeah, I just actually uh, gave you a little sneaky peeky there. <laughs> um, but um, it's going to be a great time. It's going to be 11 to 4, I believe, is what we decided the time slot's going to be. Um, we're between two um event spaces but we believe it's going to be um a really good location yeah anyway. so a little bit different this year but it's going to work out a little bit good. different and it was all <laughs> and of course it's going towards the cami may foundation yes and pillows for prisoners so um definitely um stay tuned for that so without further ado let's get into what you've got for us yes so if you all remember, uh, you younger people won't, but back in 1995, some guy named Pierre Odeyar whipped up some complicated internet codes to create the magical wonderland that we now know as eBay. And in honor of its 20th birthday, and they don't sue me because I don't have the date of when this was published, so that could have been a few years ago, I don't know. Um, they, this uh, author put together some of the most weird and wonderful, but mostly weird, crap that we've been uh, 
selling on this website. So the first one is somebody sold Justin Timberlake's half-eaten French toast. You know, I love JT, but no. No. No, thank you. Uh-uh. So a super keen NSYNC fan bought JT's leftovers for $1,025 in 2000. Wow. And this says the same thing. Don't get me wrong, I'm a Justin Timberlake fan and can proudly recite all the lyrics to Bye 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 without batting an eyelid, yeah. as can I. Right. But I draw the line of celebrity fangirling at leftover French toast. Right. Um, this next one is a cornflake shaped like the state of Illinois. You know what? People do that like the potato chips that look like Jesus uh-huh. and things like that. Yeah. Yep. So this one says, yes, a cornflake. Two sisters managed to sell it for $1,350 in 2008 to a guy who was starting a collection of pop culture and Americana items. Wow. What I want to know is how the sisters managed to find the cornflake in the first place. Were they like going through the cornflakes and looking? Right. Or were they eating it and like, that looks like that Illinois. Up, right? And seriously. Totally yeah. random. Also, where, where's the, where's the, what am I trying to say? Where do you draw the line of collecting mm-hmm. and hoarding? Yeah. You know? I think, um, Cereal in the shape of things might fall under hoarding, unless you shadow box it. Oh, that's, that's true. A tiny shadow box. But how thing. do you? Well, it's cornflakes. Do cornflakes mold? If it wasn't, if it wasn't wet, it was a dry. They have a picture of it, and it looks, you know, pretty legit. And it does look like the state of Illinois. Oh, it's hey. kind of crazy. Hey. All right, uh, Jeremy Corbyn's paper cup. Who's Jeremy Corbyn? I have no idea. <laughs> After 23 bids, this one sold for 51 pounds only last month, which again, I didn't get the date of when this article was published. Um, Apparently his DNA isn't worth anywhere near the amount of a state-shaped cornflake. Not only is this really weird, but a bit awkward, really, isn't it? Now I'm going to have to look up who the hell that is. Uh, Broken laser pointer. By who? I don't know. This was the very first ever item that was sold via eBay. The very first item. Oh, that's where the review yeah. section comes in, eh? Definite <laughs> proof that even if it's broken, someone out there will will probably still buy it from you. Because they can fix it. Yeah, one man's broken laser pointer is, well, another man's $14.38 broken laser pointer. Right. <laughs> uh, you and I by the Scorpions. Yeah, while we're on the topic of firsts, this CD was the first item sold on the UK eBay site in 1999 for the grand sum of two, uh, two pounds and 89 cents. I don't know. Two pounds and 89 cents? Yeah, two eighty-nine. It's in the bold. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Two dollars and 89 cents. Yeah, 89 pounds. Yeah, it's weird. Um, and for the millions of you who probably have no idea who the Scorpions are, it gave a sample what? of the... Thing. I know who the Scorpions uh, are. Rock you like a hurricane, bitch. Yeah. Like, come on. <clears throat> this yes, must I'm be all, a recent, This must be a recent article. It's yeah. It's gotta be. All right, Max, the woolly mammoth. Now, don't get too excited. It wasn't a live woolly mammoth. It was Max's skeleton that was up for auction in 2004 and was successfully sold off for 61,000 pounds. Damn. He sold a woolly mammoth on eBay. That's nuts. That's way crazy. Uh, Princess Beatrice's giant pretzel? <laughs> it's not even like what they're doing, what they're selling. It's how they accumulated it in the first place. Yes. So this, it wasn't an actual pretzel. It was uh, a giant pretzel looking 
Is it a bow? Is it a turkey twizzler looking thing that she wore as a hat to Prince William and Kate Middleton's wedding a few years ago? So if you watch the wedding, you know what I'm talking about. I didn't because I don't care. It sold for a whopping 81,100 pounds and it was donated to UNICEF and the Children in Crisis charity. So that's cool. Okay, a ghost in a jar. Can you see it? Rumor has it that someone spent 31,000 pounds what? on this jar of you ghoul. I'm selling the wrong things. Right? That's more than feet picks. That's like, damn. Right? To set it free or harbor it from the e hands of evil, we're not too sure, but who needs the Ghostbusters when you've got a mason jar handy? <laughs> okay. That was a scam, y'all. Yeah. Uh, James Blunt's sister. I don't know who that is okay, either. Okay, but his sister? <laughs> yeah. So it says that James told GQ magazine that he did it to try and get his sister to a funeral in Ireland when the planes and ferries weren't running. The guy who won the bid conveniently had a helicopter and now the two are married. Back in the day, eBay was basically Tinder. No, it was not. No, it was not. No, no it was not. not. A, no. No, that was Craigslist. Craigslist. <laughs> right. Right. Oh man, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna go find Craigslist. some funny Craigslist stuff. Blech. Yeah. All right. Britney Spears used chewing gum. Ew. Gross. Oops, she did it again. Yeah. <laughs> Just Ugh. I don't. I don't get it. Um, what's even more ridiculous is that some poor crazed Britney fan paid fourteen thousand pounds for it. Give people stop. Give me your money. Give me your money. It, and that's what it says. Who actually? has 14,000 pounds to spare on used chewing gum. Or on gum in general. It wasn't even bubba yubba. Ugh, it was probably something gross. Spurt strike the last <laughs> 10 seconds. I think everyone's heard of the grilled cheese sandwich that had the picture of Virgin Mary on it. Yeah. That was sold on eBay. Uh, the owner kept hold of it for 10 years before Ew. selling it for 18,000 pounds. It never even went moldy. Wow. Which is admittedly quite impressive. Yeah. Really that. Somebody else sold a cheating, lying, adulterous wife. Ouch. Because it was, remember, it used to be the, the Tinder of her. Oh, yeah. So Paul Osborne decided to put his wife for sale on eBay after she cheated on him with a colleague. The starting bid was one pound. But Paul warned fellow eBayers not to bid on her anyhow, which kind of defeated the object. Nevertheless, not the best way to go through a breakup. That's just stupid. Can I put my ex on eBay? There are quite a few people I could sell on eBay. Oh, Craigslist. They're probably friends. They're old friends I could sell on eBay. Uh -huh. Probably get more, more luck on Craigslist. <laughs> probably. All right. They'll do pickup service too. <laughs> Creeper. So this... They have a name in here, the name is Elizabeth Rain, but it's not the real name of the person. But it was a 27-year-old lady who auctioned off her virginity, along with a 12-hour date. The bidding got all the way up to 500,000 pounds. A 12-hour date? No! She way. ended up taking down the offer to focus on her career. 500,000 pounds? I understand that. A 12-hour date? Um, you gotta wrap it up. Mm -mm. There's nothing. That, well, hours. you gotta wrap it up, and then you gotta well, wrap yeah. it up. Okay? 12 hours is too long for a date. I need you to go away. We're not living together. Yeah. I don't gotta see your mug for mm -mm. 12 hours. No. Where? Um, Where? 
Ten-year-old Zoe Pemberton put her cuddly but annoying grandmother up for sale on eBay. <laughs> and this is just in 2010. Wow. Poor old Marion was being bid on for 20,000 pounds, but eBay decided to intervene and shut the bid down. Even they had to admit it was quite amusing. And the last one is somebody took it upon themselves to put some air in a bag from a Kanye concert and they sold that. Shut up. They originally tried to sell it for $5, but for some reason it got pretty popular and the bidding flew up to $65,000. Shut up. Fucking air. That's it. Done. Stupid. Well, a lot of people have wanted to hear about thrifting, which has changed with the whole pandemic. Yeah. So I found we call the, our we call our thrifting thrift Saturdays, but we haven't been able to do it for a very long time. Yeah, it's been a minute, and I don't even know. I'd have to go and look and see if our favorites are open yet or not. Right. Um, but I did find, and I didn't know that there was this was a thing. Uh, links to the best online thrift and vintage clothing stores. So I've got 10 of them listed here, and some of them you'll be like, well, duh, like I already knew that. Some of these I've never even heard before. So number 10 is Shop Goodwill. I wasn't aware they had a website. Number nine is Tradesy. So that name would um, make me think that you're trading things. <laughs> Uh, number eight is Refashioner. Seven is Depop, which is a weird name. Uh, number six is Azos Marketplace. Hmm. Five is Etsy, which yeah. I don't really think about that. When I hear Etsy, I think of people that make shit and sell it. Yeah. So that's what I think when I hear Etsy. Also, on that tip, I feel like Etsy is more high end, like high mm -hmm. cost and high end, which is great. But I really don't want to pay some of those prices. No, because when we thrift, we're thrifting on a budget. That, and we can wheel and deal. I don't know if that allows you to wheel and deal, but try it. Yeah. If anybody has tried it, let Yeah, me. and it works, let us know. Yeah. Um, eBay is a good place Great. to thrift. Poshmark, which isn't that more expensive, too? I thought that was, too. Yeah, I thought that was. I thought that was for, like, people that have, like, all designer, designer. stuff to yeah. sell it. Um, yeah. I don't know. Oh, Pantagonia Warnware. That's a long word. That sounds long weird. Website. Um, and then there's ThreadUp. I've seen this pop up a couple times. Seems to be pretty popular. So I'm going to have to check that one out. And then there was another one, but I didn't write down the name. I forgot. <laughs> All right. So since we were on that topic, for those of us who can, get out there and actually go to our favorite thrift stores, I found nine thrift store tips and tricks. So you can often find the best deals on the racks in the back of your thrift store. So a lot of times that's the stuff that hasn't been put out on the floor yet. So if you can get to it, do it, because then you get all the good shit. Like my hamper. Yes. That was the best find ever so far. Picker's Paradise. Right. In Roy? Yes. In Roy. In Roy. All right, um, visit often. So thrift stores, they don't put in regular orders because they don't get in new merchandise. 
or because or carry standard merchandise so what's available depends on what's been brought in most recently find out the days and times that your thrift store restocks its shelves to get first dibs on all the latest items um, check the back racks so it says unlike a traditional retail environment thrift stores don't typically carry multiples of an item some of the best pieces may be on the racks at the back of the store near the dressing room these items have already been searched out and deemed valuable enough to try on. Just because they weren't a good fit for the person who originally found them doesn't mean they won't work for you. Right. Dress appropriately. So not all thrift stores have places where you can try clothes on. So it, you want to make sure that you're wearing clothes that if you have to, you can put it on over to try it on. So wear things that are tighter fitting. Yeah. Um, so don't, you know, be all dressed up glam. Go out and like a tank top and a pair of leggings yeah. or something like that so you can try stuff on over. Yeah. Um, check clothes carefully. You're going to need to look yes. for stains, loose threading, missing buttons, other potential problems, turn them inside out, check for holes, all that kind of stuff. That way, if it is still something that has like maybe a little tiny hole or a stain that's in a spot you can cover with like a lapel pin or something like that, you can haggle the price down. Okay, true. But I also feel like if you guys are, you you got to expect it's not going to be top flight no. items. You're not going to find perfectly worn one-time stuff. Mm -hmm. These were well used. Right. Um, ask for a discount. So it might be a little bit harder at some of the bigger thrift stores or your more quote-unquote chain thrift stores. Like out here we have the DI, um, Goodwill, Places like that because they're probably pretty set in their prices. But your smaller ones like Paper's Paradise, you can haggle prices because we watched the lady in front of us do it. Yeah. Um, cash in on deals and specials. So group deals, seniors, students, they usually have like your red tags are 50% off. So watch that kind of stuff. Yeah. And shop seasonally. So just like when you're doing traditional retail, the best prices typically come at the end of a season. So if you want cheap Christmas decor or patio furniture, you're gonna to wanna to shop at the end of Christmas for that stuff, end of summer for the other stuff. Um, same thing for clothing. You want boots and jackets in April, beachy sundresses in September. Um, yeah, and just different fun things like that. And more and more things are opening, so thrifting is becoming more and more possible. Yes. So, by popular demand, we've been asked to do some true crime. Yes. But because we're Dottie's Ames Pinups and we work with the era's 40s, 50s, and 60s, um, we decided to go back in time and dig up some some cool stuff. So um, tonight, by popular demand, we have a true crime story called The Clutter Family Murders. Um, in the early morning hours of November 15th, 1959, four members of the Clutter family, Herb Clutter, his wife Bonnie, and their teenage children Nancy and Kenyon were murdered in a small farming community of Holcomb, Kansas. By two ex-convicts, Perry Smith and Richard Hickok. Excuse me, Hickok. Herb Clutter was a prosperous farmer in western Kansas. His two eldest daughters, Eviana and Beverly, had moved out and started their adult lives. His two younger, his two younger children, Nancy, 16, and Kenyon, age 15, were high school students. 
Um, Clutter's wife, Bonnie, had reportedly been incapacitated by clinical depression and physical ailments since the birth of their children, although this was later disputed. And like many things we've heard learned in 2020, history lies. Yeah, who knows? it does. <laughs> who knows? So Dick Hickok, Richard Hickok, Abe and Perry Smith were two ex-convicts recently paroled from the Kansas State Penitentiary. Floyd Wells, a former cellmate of Hickok's, had been a farmhand for Herb Clutter. Wells told Hickok that Clutter kept large amounts of cash in a safe. Ah, that was your first mistake. Mm -hmm. However, Clutter did not have a safe and transacted all of his business by check. <laughs> you played yourself. Yeah, you did. After speaking with Wells, Hickok soon hatched the idea to steal the safe and start a new life in Mexico. That's always the place, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm, interesting. But Mexico has extradition laws, don't they? Like, we can extradite people. Yeah, I thought it was South America. That was I know there are some places you can, but I thought Mexico we could. True. So quick, go to Mexico. Yeah, stop it. <laughs> Seriously, they're going to find you. Hickok later contacted Smith, another former cellmate, about committing the robbery with him. According to Truman Capote, the author of In Cold Blood, a nonfiction novel detailing the Clutter family murders, Hickok describes his plan as a cinch. The perfect score. I didn't know that was what this was I didn't about. either. That's awesome. Okay, hey guys, learning something new. Yes. All right, so the murders. On the evening of November 14th, 1959, Hickok and Smith drove more than 400 miles across the state of Kansas headed for the Clutter residence in order to execute their plan. In the early morning hours of November 15th, the pair arrived in Holcomb and located the Clutter home, entered through and unlocked a door while, entered through an unlocked door, sorry guys, words, <laughs> um, while the family slept. Upon rousing the Clutters and discovering that there was no safe, <laughs> they bound and gagged the family and continued to search for money, but found little value of the house. And it's a farmhouse in Kansas. Mm -hmm. What were you expecting? They're not sitting on a gold mine. No. Uh, determined to leave no witnesses, the pair briefly debated what to do. Smith, notoriously unstable and prone to violent acts of fits of rage, slit Herb Clutter's throat and then shot him in the head. Mm. Smith later recounted, I didn't want to harm the man. I thought he was a very nice gentleman. Soft-spoken. And I thought so right up to the moment I cut his throat. Well, charming. Yeah, charming. That's the kind of guy you want to bring home to meet your mother. Right. <laughs> Kenyon, Na Kenyon, Nancy, and lastly, Bonnie were also murdered, each by a single gunshot blast to the head. Or shotgun. Yeah, by a shotgun. Yeah, that'd do it. That, that's it. You're yeah. done. Oof. During their commission of the crime, Smith prevented Hickok from raping Nancy. Well, thank you. Thank you for being noble. Oh, so kind of you. Thank you. Um, Hickok and Smith left the crime scene with a small portable radio belonging to Kenyon, a pair of binoculars belonging to Herbert, and less than $50 in cash believed to be the change from a $60 check Herbert Clutter had once recently, had recently cashed. <laughs> <laughs> These people. Oh, jeez. Herbert Clutter was well known locally as a businessman who preferred, play, who preferred play, paying by check and never carried or kept significant amounts of cash. Because he was smart. He was smart. His billfold and scattered non-cash items were found on his first floor bedroom. Smith later claimed that his oral confession that Hickok murdered two women. Oh, wait. Yeah. When asked to sign his confession, however, Smith refused. According to Capote's In Cold Blood, Smith wanted to accept responsibility for all four killings mm -hmm. because he said he was 
sorry for Dick's mother. Smith added, she's a real sweet person. Noble. Hickok always maintained that Smith had murdered all four victims. So, and if you want to know more about In Cold Blood, you can definitely just Google Truman Capote's In Cold Blood. Yeah. Or um, you can go ahead and um, look up Harper Lee, who also was a co-writer on it. Um, there's also um, the second best-selling true. It was the second best-selling true crime book in publishing history, behind Vincent Bugliosi's. 1974 book, Helter Skelter, about the Charles Manson murders. Oh, that man gives me the creeps. He gives me the creeps, and too. It's but, cre- but he's also brilliant. brilliant. He never actually killed anybody with he's his own hands. Yeah, other people do your dirty work. Yeah. Yeah. Smart. Genius. So that's, um, that's our very first true crime segment. Yes. And we may, uh, we're going to have some more coming up. So that's it for Let's Talk Tuesday. Um, I am super excited that we actually have people wanting us to do certain different things and, you know, so we can grow and learn and things. Because this podcast biz ain't no uh, joke. No, it's it's not easy to come up with material. You know, we don't always want to just sit here and shoot the shit and talk back and forth. Because, I mean, that gets old. (laughs) So, yeah, we'll bring you more stuff from the you know 40s 50s and 60s true crime maybe some serial killers and we'll start finding different interesting things from that time period absolutely um anyways if you want to hear more of the podcast you can follow us on anchor you can follow us on spotify you can find us on daddysdancepinups.org you can email us at dancepodcast at gmail.com you can hit us up on official on um I believe that's on Instagram. Yes. And you can just Google us because we're here to yes. stay. So. so make sure that you like and share and subscribe. Like, share, yeah. like, share subscribe. That's right. And, sh- and you know, get and, and uh, just get people involved. Obviously adults because especially the podcast. Yes. It's not safe for work. Safe not safe for work. So anyways, uh, so I'm going to say take, uh, take care. Comb your hair. And as always, Dame's Nation. Nation.